strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score! Touchdown! Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's gonna be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! Not to name drop right off the top, but I ran into a player earlier today. All right, Wolf, you're twisting my arm. It was Zach Allen. Oh, okay, Bowie. You're the already team. rubbing elbows with the players. And after we chopped it up for a bit, uh, Zach said, in conclusion, Hey, uh, see you at camp. There you go. That's when it hit me. Like a Zach Allen blindside sack. It's <laughs> almost here. Next stop, Cardinals camp 2021. And I know, Wolf, from the stories you've told, it makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up, does it not? Just when you see that training camp date looming straight ahead. Yeah, no, it does, Paulie. There's no doubt about it. I mean, just the weather, the change in the weather, of course, when the monsoon comes rolling in. I can tell you, Paulie, oh my goodness, I start to feel it, right? I used to love the drive up to Flagstaff. I used to love the fact that every every thousand feet of elevation, I would just totally feel, oh, Oh my goodness, I get the hair on the back of my neck would stand up when I got into the tall pines up north. And even now, even today, when the monsoon comes rolling in and that humidity gets a little high, you know it's coming. Here it is, training camp. Bertrand Berry, former host of this show, pass rusher extraordinaire, admitted this week on the Red Sea Report. Not sure he's ever told this story before that multiple years in a row during the drive up to training camp he would be moved to tears because he knew the sacrifice involved for the next three weeks yes he knew that you had to go from civilian and human to unmitigated savage right yes. that you were going to be hanging and breaking bread with guys who were after your job and you were fighting almost literally for your livelihood. Yeah, Paulie, no, that is right on the money right there. It's one of the reasons why the hair on the back of my neck would stand up. I'm being 100% serious. When I got to to 5,000 feet, 6,000 feet, you knew, oh my goodness, here it comes. When you started to see the the tall pines, the 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 um, unbelievable pines of, of Flagstaff. That's when it started to just hit you that here it comes. You're, you're, you're going you're gonna to suffer some serious brutality. And, of course, that was back in the late 80s, Paul. So it was brutal back then. Yeah, now it's going to be five days till you even put the pads on and have contact. So it's uh, qu- quite a different scene here in 2021. <laughs> He's our way into it, Polly. Yeah, but you're, you're not kidding. Two things are coming. Not only Cardinals camp, but these Mondo Monsoon storms. Have you seen how the Valley is on a flash flood watch? How the city of Tempe right now, Ron Wolfley, is providing sandbags to Tempe residents. Yeah, Polly, you better <laughs> That's get for your real. scuba gear out, Polly, <laughs> because right. you're going to be <laughs> so, seriously. 
that's that's our segue, if you will, to the question, will NFL defenses need to fortify things? Will they need sandbags to stop the incoming storm that is Kyler Murray and the Cardinals offense? Here's Kyler earlier in the offseason on where he wants to improve the most. I think all aspects of the game, leadership, uh, taking care of the ball, um, being better as far as accuracy, just, just the whole game. There's no one in this building uh, or that watches the game that's a bigger critic of themselves or of me than I am. So I know what I need to get better at. Uh, when we get out there on the field, I plan to show I, I, you know, I grew in those areas. Wolf, we know that you're into power poles. So uh, what oh, do you think about please. his order there, the listing there? You agree, you disagree? Would you reorder the priorities? No, as a matter of fact, I love the fact, Polly, and I've talked to you about this before, but I love the fact he actually started with the leadership part because I do believe that's where Kyler Murray can actually improve the most is in leadership. Listen, he was rookie of the year, <laughs> rookie of the year, his rookie season, of course, and then he went to the Pro Bowl in year two. I think he's going to be even better. I, I think Kyler Murray is going to be even better in year three for the Arizona Cardinals, Paulie. But I think he's got to really develop that intangible part of his game. He's got the tangible. He's got the speed. He's got the arm. He's got the accuracy. He he can play quarterback in the National Football League at a Pro Bowl level. Now all of a sudden he's got to develop the intangible part of his game. Like every young quarterback has got to do, Kyler Murray's got to develop that, Paulie, the the body language on the sideline has got to change. You cannot sulk on the sideline at all. You can't do it in front of a camera either in a press conference after a game. You've got to, you've got to just man up and you've got to answer the questions, even if you don't like the questions. And I think this is where we're going to see an awful lot of development and growth from Kyler Murray. Yeah, when Kyler said during the offseason, quote, you just didn't know which team you were getting, end quote, He's got to be part of that solution yes. as the quarterback, as the face of the franchise. Pat P. used to call him the CEO right from the get-go. So he's got to be part of the answer there. He can't be part of the problem. Sam Acho, who, by the way, congrats to Sam Acho, the former Cardinals outside linebacker, who was our guest during the offseason. He got a big gig announcing a network-level college football, and he was talking about Kyler and how he needs to grow in reading defenses, how, in Sam Acho's opinion, he can't get trapped by defensive coordinators and you know that formula they use especially the second half of the season with the two high safeties you flood the passing lanes with his own coverage you force him to hold it a little longer go through his progressions so all that is out there here's Kurt Warner uh, when we talk to him this offseason on the Big Red Rage and where he'd like to see Kyler grow I think he just needs to grow in that mental side of understanding what he's seeing making more of the layups I like to call him, and, and not having to live in that special world, which we know he can do those things, but even the mm-hmm. best quarterbacks in the league that, that can do those things, the more they live in that world, the more their team struggles and the more they struggle as quarterbacks. The less they live in that world, meaning make the plays you're supposed to, and then give us four or five of those a game, those are the teams to me that really push the envelope and become playoff teams and even can become championship teams. And that's not all on Kyler. As Kurt explained, the Cardinals got a little too dependent on Kyler making 10 or 12 spectacular plays per game as opposed to those four or five that it's up to receivers other than DeAndre Hopkins to get yards after catch. 
it's up to the Cardinals to have that reliable, potent run game to have that balanced offense, the run, the pass, and then Kyler's legs, the third dimension, is the third rail. Yeah, Polly, and once again, this is going to be one of the things I'm going to be very, very interested in watching when we show up at training camp is how how this offense is going to be run. Is it going to be run through Kyler Murray, literally, and Kyler Murray running the ball in the, in the zone reads? Is that what it's going to be? Is that going to be a huge part of what they do? Do you have to depend on Kyler Murray running the ball in a called run to actually have your offense work? Is that what they're going to do, or are they going to change it up a little bit? You talked about the two high safeties, Paulie. Guess what's the best way to bring that safety down? (laughs) You go ahead and you put a guy behind center, and you put Kyler Murray under center, or maybe even the pistol. You put him in the pistol, and you go ahead and you try to run some downhill, attack the line of scrimmage, running plays you do that and now all of a sudden those safeties are going to suck up and I think that is where Kyler Murray also has got to develop his play action game and look it's not just Kyler I saw John Clayton wrote a column about how Russell Wilson and Seattle's offense has to solve the two high safeties look that's what really plagued Seattle the second half of last season when Russell Wilson went from the MVP leader the first month and then it was quite different the rest of the way think about what Todd Bowles did the Tampa Bay Bucks defensive coordinator. Wolf, I know the immense respect you have for the former Cardinals, D.C. Yes. Think about what he did in harassing uh, Patrick Mahomes and holding that KC offense to three field goals in the Super Bowl. And, and they were able to get to him because they went through that same formula. Two high safeties, they flooded underneath with zone coverages, you make them hold a little bit longer, make them go to a second and third reads, and then boom, you hope your pass rush gets to the quarterback, and that's exactly what they did. They hit him a Super Bowl record, I got it right here, 29 out of 56 dropbacks, Patrick Mahomes got hit, and that you're going to win any game where you're getting after the quarterback like that. No, it is absolutely spot on, Paulie. But again, if you're going to keep two safeties high, you have to have the ability to attack the line of scrimmage. This is if if there was one thing, Paulie, one thing that I want to see the Arizona Cardinals do. And I know right now, if Cliff Kingsbury is listening to this, Paulie, oh my goodness, he he's going to laugh at me. He's going to burst out laughing out loud. But I, I'm. I'm so fascinated, but Kyler Murray, I think you've got to put him under center. I think you have to put him under center a lot more and try to attack that line of scrimmage. Kyler Murray developing as a leader is number one. Throwing the ball down the field more is number two. And number three, Paulie, is you got to put him under center a little bit more than what we saw last year. That's what I think will really open this up. you got to blend the old and the new together. And if they want to go two safeties higher, are you kidding me right now? Uh, fine, we'll, we'll put James Conner in the queue behind Kyler Murray and we'll run tackle zone all day long. You want to keep those safeties high and we'll gash you for four and five yards. I remember the conversation we had on the Big Red Rage, and it was you and Rob Fredrickson in particular about putting Kyler under center because he's in favor of that as well. And I'm, I'm trying to remember the why. Was it because... It allows for a better play-action game? Much better, yes. Much better play-action game as far as I'm concerned right now. You've got you, you've got Kyler Murray under center, and you're running to that mesh point on a tackle zone. You're running to that mesh point, and guess who else has got to be running? Those inside linebackers, that second tier in the box, has also got to respect the fact that you got a 232-pound running back in James Conner. They've got to suck up to the line of scrimmage, provided that your offensive line actually sells it. And then all of a sudden, nope, guess what? 
They're not, it's not a handoff, even though it's first and 10, second and one to six and rundown situation. It's not a handoff. Now you're going to throw it. And Paulie, when you get that second level to suck up in routes, the, the middle of the field becomes a place you want to attack and throw the ball. You see this over and over. You see the Packers do it over and over and over again. You see the the Chicago Bears, actually. You see the Minnesota Vikings do it as well. You see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do it most of all. Attack the middle of the field and use play action. A single game tickets on sale now. Go to azcardinals.com slash game ticks. That's azcardinals.com slash game T-I-X. News today, Dennis Gardak is going to start training camp on the PUP list. Uh, Look, he can still be ready for the regular season, but coming off the torn ACL in week 15, he's going to need a little bit more time. We'll talk about that pass rush with, oh, I don't know, a former three-time pro bowler, Kyle Vandenbosch, next on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. for the touchdown. Ball is free, knocked around, and it's controlled by Watt. Picked up, running with it to the 40, to the 30, to the 20. He's gone. Touchdown. What can he do? Bortles with time. Pops, here comes Watt, and he breaks down Bortles in the end zone. J.J. Watt with the sack. Look out from behind. Here comes Watt, and second time he has gotten to the quarterback. Stafford back to pass. Looks, he's out left side. Intercepted by J.J. Watt, and he's going to take it in for a touchdown. If the Cardinals' biggest offseason need was inconsistent energy, intensity, urgency, then they check that box with a signing of J.J. Watt. Oh, we yeah. say welcome back into the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. And Wolf, it's pick your stat with J.J. Watt, as you know. I mean, four players before him uh, had 100 career sacks in the first 120 games. Reggie White, Bruce Smith, Demarcus Ware. He's the only player in NFL history with 20 or more sacks in multiple seasons. Okay, but that was then. This is now. He's an Arizona Cardinal. And if you want to know about a pass rusher, you bring on a pass rusher, a guy who went to three Pro Bowls doing exactly that, a pair of 12-sack seasons. How about a big hello to Kyle Vandenbosch here on the Big Red Range. KVB, how we doing? Doing well. It's good to hear your voice again, Paulie. You doing all right? You know, you might not recognize me. I might just might as well warn you right now, next week in camp, I've been doing a lot of lifting, okay? I put on a lot of muscle. You might not recognize me next week in camp. So uh, just just beware. I'm just going to let you know now. So, uh, yes, yeah, been an outstanding offseason. How about you? It's been good. Actually, uh, it's probably good I don't recognize you. I, I haven't seen you without a mask in two years, so I'm a little worried about what you, what you might look like. That's true. That was, well, to, your be- that was well. to your benefit. No you know, doubt about that. What's interesting about yeah. that, Kyle, is, is the mask had the same consistency as Paul's hair. That okay. was very interesting. Okay. okay. Hey, we're just glad right. Kyle made time. He's coaching like 17 different youth league teams between his five kids, so uh, right. it, this is good. He shoehorned us in here, and let's just start with J.J. Watt, Kyle. I mean... You look at a guy who, all the accolades, right? But last year he had a career low in sacks with five, yet at the same time he was the most double-teamed defensive lineman in the league, and he led the league in tackles for loss against the runs. So what do you make of J.J. Watt right now at age 32? Well, I I think he's 
going to feel rejuvenated. Um, me personally, um, you know, going to a new team presented new opportunities. Um, he's been walking into the same meeting rooms, been looking at the same carpet, been staring at the same screens uh, for his entire NFL career. And as a veteran, um, as an older player, to have an opportunity to step into a new locker room and have to prove yourself all over again and have to show people Mm -hmm. what you're all about, even though he has these accolades, even though people know who he is, people know what he's about, the type of person he is and the way he's made up, he's going to feel like he still needs to go out there and show people and prove it to people every day. And he is the exact person and you alluded to this earlier that this team needs from a leadership standpoint and this team this team lacked last year because um this team had the talent this team had the pieces in place um to be one of the top teams in the nfl but there was just games where they showed up and they didn't have it they were flat and they needed that leader to keep them consistent to have them show up every week um, to pick them up when games start slow. And, th- and that's the big thing. There will be games where you come out and you're flat, but it's the leaders that grab players by the face mask. It's the leaders that go out there and do it themselves that show the younger players, this is how we get out of this hole, that make the play, that, that really kind of springboards the team and gets the momentum going. You know, one of the things I love about him, Kyle, is just the fact that you can stand him up. You can stand J.J. Watt up on the edge. You can put him down in a three-point stance. You He can play the five technique. He can play the three. You can move him all over from the right side to the left side. Where do you think he's going to play the most, if you just had to guess? Uh, if I had to guess, if I was a, a defense coordinator, which I am far from qualified from being an NFL defensive coordinator, Um, I played for a really good defensive line coach in Tennessee, and he would uh, put his best inside rusher at a three technique opposite of his best outside rusher. And that way, that's the best way to trap a quarterback. You know, a lot of teams think you've got two bookends. um, We're going to be set. It doesn't really matter what we have inside, but you need that inside push. You need a guy who can win on the outside um, consistently, which the Cardinals have, and then you have a guy that's going to push the pocket, be in the quarterback space, not allow him to step up and get that inside pressure. And you don't want them on the same side of the quarterback has windows or has lanes to escape away from those two rushers. So I think, you know, you put Chandler Jones, whichever side you want to put him on, you put J.J. Watt at the opposite three technique, and you just let those two go to work. That's exactly what Bertram Berry said when he was posed that same question. So that's very interesting. Kyle Vandenbosch joining us on the Big Red Rage. It's all about you, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. So hit zoom out on the Cardinals' pass rush overall. I mean, you look at last year, they finished top five. They were fourth in the NFL with 48 sacks, minus Chandler Jones went down in week five. Uh, Now you get Chandler Jones back. You add J.J. Watt. Marcus Golden, after the trade, had the best QB pocket percentage of getting to the quarterback of anyone from week nine going forward. So what do you make overall of what Vance Joseph has at his disposal? Uh, He's got – I mean, I I can't imagine how he's feeling right now. It's like when – Wolf walks into his garage and he wants to pick which car he's going to drive that day. Um, that, that's the kind of choices he's faced with when he wants to call a defense. I mean, on top of what you're talking about with this front and the guys that can get to the quarterbacks, you have two of the most athletic inside linebackers in the NFL that you can send on a blitz and, and shoot up through the A's or B gaps 
and, and bring that extra pressure and make plays as well. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, it's going to be fun to watch how they utilize all these weapons, where they put people, how they really mess with, with offenses. And, and you have the ability with the versatility, um, you know, you move guys around and you take advantage of what an offense gives you. You take advantage of an injury at right guard and, and they, they have to bring a backup in. Um, they have a left tackle that has a bad ankle. You take advantage of that. Um, really game plan week to week. Um, you can move guys around, bring people from different places. You can make quarterbacks step up where you want to, make quarterbacks flush where you want to, really harass quarterbacks. Um, and, and, you know, the beneficiaries of this is going to be the defensive backs. Um, you know, when again, when, when I had the fortune of, of playing next to some, some really dominant defensive linemen and when we were rolling, um, we had – defensive backs that were good players, not great players, but they were just getting balls punted to them. Um, quarterbacks just, you know, just just duck and chuck. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's not to take anything away from our DBs because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what we have, and I, and I think they're going to do a great job this year. Um, but, it, you know, if, if a quarterback doesn't have time and he can't look to that second or third receiver – um, this this defense is going to be really, really flying this year. Man, I'll tell you, I'm wildly excited about Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons playing on the inside. Two long, athletic, really good football players. Can't wait to see it, but they're also young and inexperienced, as you well know, right? What are your expectations for these guys, and does it get you a little nervous as well? It does. I, You know, um, you know they're rangy, they're athletic, Um you know, and they're going to have to get up to speed quickly. Um, you know, week one, they face um, the probably the toughest running back in the league and, right. and the, one of the toughest running schemes in the league. And, you know, it's, it's, it's time to see what they're about. You know, they're going to have to, um, you know, step up and, and fill those run lanes or, or it's going to be a long day uh, for this defense because um, there's, you know, everybody wants to, talk about if a team's getting gashed by the run that it's that it's on the defensive line but I mean to a large degree it's those inside linebackers mm-hmm. that have to come downhill and step up and fill those gaps quickly or um, Derrick Henry's going to have those runaway lanes. Kyle Vandenbosch our guest here it's all about you presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert all right so if you want to know about a quarterback, ask a guy who pursued a quarterback for a living, Kyler Murray. And we know how the first half to the first two-thirds of last year went. Over his first nine games, he accounted for 27 total touchdowns. And over the final seven games, he accounted for just 10 offensive touchdowns. Was that him, the shoulder injury? He had a leg injury towards the end. Was that a defense adjusting and the Cardinals must adjust to the adjustment? How do you diagnose that? It's tough. I think it's a lot of factors. I think um, to a large degree, Kyler's maturing as a quarterback. He's he's trying to stay in the pocket more. He's trying to uh, let plays develop down the field more. Um, and, you know, he's not going to make as many plays with his legs. I think, um, you know, early, um, especially throughout his rookie year, uh, read one was covered, read two was covered, and he was gone pretty quickly. Um, and, and defenses find a way to limit his effectiveness on the ground. Um, you know, it's they they see what other teams do. They see what's effective. They see how to fill windows. Um, but it, it, you know, I I expect him. 
while he is so dynamic with his legs, and and you know, and and I know Wolfley talks about it all the time. There's nothing that breaks the back of a defense more than a mobile quarterback that scrambles for a first down on third and long. Yeah. Um, and, and Kyler will continue to do that, and he will continue to uh, make big plays with his legs. But I, I think as he matures and, and as the game continues to slow down for him, I think you'll see him stick stay in the pocket more. Do you think they're going to stick him under center a little bit more, Kyle? It's a good question, and I heard you talking about it earlier. Um, you know, I think um, you know those those third and one, third and short opportunities, goal line situations. Um, now that we, we didn't really have that that power back that was a thumper um, that was going to get that one yard or get those two yards, but mm-hmm. now with James Conner back there. Mm-hmm. Um, the running back is in a lot better position and can see better um, if the quarterback is under center and he's got that downhill and he's got a full head of steam hit the line of scrimmage because even if the hole isn't there, he can keep his legs churning and get that extra yard. You catch Kyle Vandenbosch, Rob Fredrickson, our pre- and post-game coverage all year long on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. How about Rodney Hudson? You had a center like Rodney Hudson, and some of these stats are just stupid. Since 2016, he's allowed two, just two sacks and over 3,000 snaps. So whether it's keeping Kyler clean from the quickest way to the quarterback, which is from A to B right up the middle, or if they want to go with more of that power running game and a James Conner, they seemingly have the center to do it, Kyle. Yeah, and it's not just his, his physicalness and, and his quickness and, and his athletic ability. Um, I played with a, a center that was inducted into the Hall of Fame two years ago, Kevin Mawai, um, and he had seen everything and he knew everything, and he, you know, especially with the young quarterback and with some, some young pieces on the offensive line, he was able to recognize what the defense was trying to do pre-snap. And he made, it wasn't just that he was a good player, he made everybody around him better. And that's the type of player Rodney Hudson is, and that's, that's what he's going to bring to this offensive line is, is just that the, the, the smarts and the recognition and, and getting – helping Kyler get, get him into the best protections and, and giving him the time back there. How do you see the Arizona Cardinals, and I know it's all speculation right now, but how do you see them using Chase Edmonds and James Conner? Well, I, I hope it's it's by committee. I mean, I hope they both uh, almost split the carries equally. I mean, they both um, have a different skill set, and they can, uh, you know, they can both do all things – pretty well but both of them are very unique in their abilities and um, you know Chase Edmonds is he's he's got the speed and he's got the quickness and he's got the ability to be be a home run um, type running back and James Conner can you know pound it down your throat and he can wear down the defense and and you know this Wolfley there's um, there's value to that running back that can that can score an 80 yard run but there's also so much value to a running back that you can give the ball to in a four-minute drill when you're trying to protect the lead. And there's not a lot of teams in the NFL that have both on their roster, and I feel like the Cardinals do. If you're Cliff Kingsbury, what questions do you want an answer to by the time camp is done? Camp starts next week, Tuesday Veterans Report. By the time they play the three preseason games and they get ready for that heavyweight tilt at Tennessee week one on September 12th, what sort of answers do you think Cliff Kingsbury wants and or what's the biggest question mark or two you think in his mind right now? 
All right. So we talked about the inside linebackers. I think that's the big one. Um, you've got two young players. You've got two dynamic athletes. It's um, will they be ready week one? Um, how you know will they be prepared? You know, because I feel like um, teams are going to see them lined up in the middle, especially early on the schedule with um, those first two games and their running attack, and they're going to try to find ways to attack these young linebackers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to know, and, and I'm sure Coach Kingsbury, you know, last year tight end was a valuable weapon for this team, and Dan Arnold was a key contributor, especially late in the season and in the red zone. Um, I'd like to know if, if one of the tight ends on the roster is, is going to be that guy that's going get to those, get those reps and make the plays that Dan Arnold made for this offense last year. Um, and to me, um, it, you know, this team's in the playoffs with consistent kicking and, and making field goals in clutch situations last year. So, um, you know, I would like to feel comfortable with Matt Prater. Matt Prater at times in his career has been one of the best kickers in the NFL. Um, you know, I think, I think you'd like to feel really good by the time training camp is over about where he's at and, and how he's going to help this team late in games this year. So, Kyle, we're going to talk in the next beautiful part of the program about what you're going to look for, what Paul's going to look for, what I'm going to look for in camp. What are you going to look for in training camp? What's the first thing you want to watch? Well, I, I want to see – so we brought in some veteran talent. And, you know, it's J.J. Watt, A.J. Green, Rodney Hudson. Um, at, at their peaks – each of them was either the best or among the best at their position in the NFL. Mm. And if we can get that out of our veteran players, um, I don't know, you know, this team is going to be tough to stop. Um, So it'll be, I want to see where they're at. I want to see what they look like, how they're moving around and who they're bringing along with them. Because um, there's no question this team um, addressed it and brought in leadership, but a good team needs needs leaders, but they also need followers. They need guys who are going to see how these veterans got to the, these premier players got to where they're at in their careers and had the success they had and emulate that and follow. Because I've I've been on teams with both where um, you know there's great leaders and everybody's on board and they're with them and they're going to follow. And then there's there's uh, uh, players that, you know, it's like trying to squeeze water from a rock. Like they, you just can't get anything out of them. They're they're unable to follow. They're unable to get on board. And they they look at these elite players as uh, they're just different. And I can't be like that. So I, I'm looking to see, you know, how this leadership makes a difference. How this dynamic in the locker room affects training camp. The enthusiasm for training camp. The enthusiasm as as the opening game approaches and and really see where it takes this team well kyle if you want to see wolf's car collection now is the time to do it it's the only time of year where his cars are actually clean because of the monsoon (laughs) rain otherwise he drives around he can't even see out his windshield so uh you know you're you're right on with that one i mean his car collection's right Right. up there with larry fitzgerald but now's the time of year to see it yeah he's like jay leno Okay, Kyle, that's enough of that. Except he can't drive a stick. That's the only problem. (laughs) So notice, Wolf, by the way, Kyle also used the words prove it every day. It wasn't just prove it. It's prove it every day. Just the state of proving it. That's all you've got to be in. It's a two-man game. Me and Kyle Vandenbosch already in regular season Kyle, you're the best, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate you, man. All right. We will see him next week.
at Cardinals camp. Man, a lot of good stuff there from KVB. We'll get into that, and we'll answer that question Wolf posed about what do you want to see at camp next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Jet sweep, Rondell Moore will get the first down and much more. How about this kid? I don't think they can catch him. Moore, touchdown. This is the move right here. Boom, foot in the ground, cuts back, and then there's the speed to be able to get to the outside. You're not going to catch him out there. Moore in motion. They get it to him. Moore in space. A burst of speed. A first down for Purdue. He's still going. Underneath, Rondell Moore bouncing off the tackle, and there he goes. A burgeoning star in college football in Rondell Moore. Yeah, the 2018 campaign where he was a consensus All-American as a true freshman. Crazy. And as Drew Grigson told us, the Cardinals director of player personnel, only two other players <laughs> in college football history have done that. Would you care for me to refresh your memory on those names, Ron Wolf? Yeah, go ahead and do that, Bob. Adrian Peterson and Herschel Walker. Okay. <laughs> You're, you're saying there's some credibility to that right there. So, wow. Whether it's the measurables, the 42940, the 42 and a half inch vertical, the fact he was squatting 600 plus pounds as a freshman, I don't know if I enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed Cliff Kingsbury in the war room on Flight Plan, the all access coverage where he called Rondale Moore a dog. And that's intriguing. At 5'7, a buck 81. What can Rondell Moore do for you and your offense? Yeah, Paulie. I mean, honestly, we've talked about Rondell Moore when the Cardinals first drafted him, Paulie. We had this conversation, and his horizontal game is incredible. There's no doubt about that. But I think the vertical game is really going to be key for Rondell Moore at this level. At the next level, the National Football League, the highest level our species can generate, he's got to be able to threaten the defense down the field. And if you tell me that he's able to do that, actually make an impact, it's not only just lining up and running by somebody. That'll scare a defensive coordinator, Paulie. That'll scare a DB as well. They they know who the guys are who can actually line up and run by them. They understand who they are. They know the scouting report. They watch the tape. They're all over it as well. But you have to be able to run by them and then catch the ball. You have to be able to finish the deal. You have to be able to make chunk throws down the field with Kyler Murray putting it up. That's one of the areas he can really improve this year is making chunk throws down the field, and I think Rondale Moore is going to be right in the middle of that. Because remember what J.J. Nelson, the speedster, right, the burner, told us on one edition of the Big Red Rage that he would split out wide when he got his reps, and cornerbacks literally would tell him pre-snap, hey, don't be running that 4-2-8 now. Yes. Okay, don't, don't don't be using that blazing speed. And yeah, he had the speed, but he never had the rest of the game. So you got to be a player first and then the measurable second. Before that round two this year, you remember how Des Bryant, former Cowboys receiver, tweeted out, and I quote, Rondale Moore, instant impact wherever he goes. Remember this tweet. That was quoting Des Bryant. <laughs> Here's good. Drew Grigson, the aforementioned Drew Grigson, and what he saw from Rondell Moore. This is on the Big Red Rage this offseason. He's going to make us dynamic inside. He's arguably the best run-after-catch guy in this draft. 
when he hits it straight line, it's unbelievable. But this kid's ability to, to move laterally, and I mean, he this kid teleports. He, he hasn't just changed direction. <laughs> it's, it's it's unbelievable to to, to watch. Um, he's a video game in real life. I heard, I heard one of the defensive coaches say it the other day, "This kid looks quick in slow motion." Um, I just you know when that I just I'm excited to see him for 17 games for us. So, he was being serious. Too. He was. He was. <laughs> All right. So, Wolf, do you have Rondell Moore penciled in as the rookie who's going to make the most immediate impact? Oh, Are you going with Zayvon Collins, obviously, yeah. the starter at inside linebacker, you know, the likes of a corner like a Marco Wilson? Uh, I mean, what do you think? You know what, honestly, Paulie, I think Zayvon Collins is going to have even bigger impact one way or the other, some good and some bad. I mean, that's the way that it's going to be with Zayvon Collins. If, in fact, you're going to go into – a regular season in the National Football League with a rookie Mike Backer who's going to be wearing the green dot. Man, hold on to your butt, Polly. That's all I'm going to say right now because the, the, the learning curve on that is so steep. And I'm not saying Zayvon Collins doesn't have the wherewithal to actually learn that and do that and, and not struggle mightily. But, man, if he does, he's a different cat, Polly. There's no doubt about a well, different kind of dog because he's going to impact more games. Some of it's going to be good and some of it's going to be bad. And you have to wonder what the ratio is going to be. And that was a great observation by Cal Vandenbosch that opposing coaches, offensive coordinators in particular, will target him early. Oh, Polly, yes. Look at what Kyle Shanahan did in the first quarter against the Arizona Cardinals in week one of last year when what they do? They sent Raheem Mostert out of the backfield and isolated on Isaiah Simmons, and boom, that was six. Yes, Paul, but think about this as well, right? I mean, the and Kyle mentioned this, the very first game, the first two weeks actually, but the very first game, maybe the best play action team in the National Football League, the Tennessee Titans, with a running back that will, will challenge you at the line of scrimmage. They attack the line of scrimmage. They do it downhill. They get this guy, they line him up, and they let King Henry attack the line of scrimmage. And, Polly, if you're a linebacker like Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, and you've been watching film on this all week long, and there he is, it's King Henry, it's Derrick Henry. I've been watching this kid for years, right? I've been in high school and there was Derrick Henry, and I've been now, I mean, you've got all these thoughts, and do you think they're going to be hyped up to attack the line of scrimmage when Derrick Henry runs downhill? Yes. And then what's Ryan Tannehill going to do in rundown situation? He's going to pull that ball out and set up in the pocket. And now the middle of the field is wide open because you had two backers who are, are so eager to get to the line. Of, they sucked up to the line of scrimmage. Do you see the problem? I heard Nate Burleson on the NFL Network saying that Tennessee's offense might be historically great. One of the top five offenses of all time, perhaps, by the end of the season. Yes, Paulie, and I think it's going to be because of rundown situation, because of the ability to run the ball the way that they do out of 12 personnel, out of 13 personnel where they're using one back and three tight ends. They attack the line of scrimmage, and they force you to honor that. And then all of a sudden, they make chunk throws down the field. And again, when you've got that second level sucking up, all I can think of is A.J. Brown over the top running a post, and he can fly for a big man. And then Julio Jones running the deep end, the dig route over the middle of the field, that 8-6 combination in attacking that middle of the field when you've got linebackers that are sucking up because they're trying to stop Derrick Henry.
Oh, and you boy. know what? That's where I was going next. I mean, do you think one of the two rookie corners has a chance to make an impact from the get-go? Marco Wilson, in particular, walked in as a true freshman at Florida and started, went four years as a starter in the SEC. I, I think Marco Wilson, if there is a corner that will come in as a young guy, a rookie, and make an impact, I think Marco Wilson would be that guy. But it's going to be a tough proposition. you got Malcolm Butler, Robert Alford, and Byron Murphy. And hopefully they stay healthy. Hey, choose the seat options that best fit your needs. Season tickets, group tickets, club-level seating, and more. Go to azcardinals.com slash tickets for all your information. All right, you heard Kyle Vandenbosch's list. It was inside linebacker. That is what he's watching first and foremost. The tight end position and what the Cardinals have in the absence of Dan Arnold. Is there a tight end still coming with a time time sign? What will Wolf watch at training camp that starts next week next on the Big Red Rage? Are you ready for the news? Yes. J.J. Watt signed to the Cardinals. Really did. Oh my God. Let's go! Yes, we're making the playoffs. You know what? I I think that might be the designated motivational speaker pregame. You bring that kid in right there. That video that went viral. Bring him in to give a little pep talk. He can be the the Tyron Matthews speech before the game. Calais Campbell used to do it. Maybe it's JJ Watt now. But uh, when in doubt, you know, go with the young man there. Talk about energy. Yeah, that young man, Polly, future backer, right? <laughs> baller speaking of uh wasn't there a training camp where you and eric hill well look uh, you and eric hill got into it a lot <laughs> and but, today I have absolute love for easy by the way you got the ultimate compliment from the former tough guy inside linebacker mike linebacker eric hill i still remember you had just retired and eric hill was still playing and I asked him about you and he said and he paused and he looked at me and he raised that one eyebrow and he said that boy ain't geared up right so that was the ultimate compliment for you and what a savage you were. Speaking <laughs> of training camp, and I used to get fired up in front of the fans, guess what? Fans can once again join the Arizona Cardinals and Cards Camp powered by Cox. They are inviting you to come out and watch select camp practices at State Farm Stadium. Yes, that is right. Because remember, we didn't have that ability last year. Admission and parking still free. There is something new. Digital tickets going to be required for stadium entry for a schedule of open practices and to secure your tickets. Go to azcardinals.com slash camp ticks. That's azcardinals.com slash camp T-I-X. Wolf, we put it to you with a few minutes left. What are you going to watch? We heard KVB's list there, Kyle Vandenbosch, inside linebackers, tight end, and then the kicking game. What about you? You know, for me, Paulie, it's just this team. Is it more physical? Steve Keim, of course, said in the offseason they needed better leadership and they needed to be more physical. Those two things right there. Paulie, and you know this because you're the sideline reporter. You actually were chiming in when we were making these observations about the Arizona Cardinals, but in the second half of the season, the Cardinals had to be more physical at the point of attack on both sides of the ball. And that is something that I think Steve Keim knows. It's something Cliff Kingsbury knows as well. I just want to see if they are more physical because just going out and getting physical players really doesn't make you more physical until you put them in a scheme that allows them to use that physicality. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that's a great point. Absolutely. Uh, I'll say this. Look, they're not going to be in pads till day five, but 
I'm going to be watching the cornerbacks from the get-go because you can tell whether corners can cover. You don't need pads on Good to make that deduction. Malcolm Butler, Byron Murphy, Robert Alford, the two rookies. So we've got our eyes on those guys in that position group because there's a lot of questions right there. Special thanks to Kyle Vandenbosch, Jim Omohundro, Cody Fincher, Ron Wolfley on Paul Calvisi. Be careful out there. It's the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. been listening to the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert are you santan ford state farm talk to an agent today at 800 state farm and by arizona cardinals podcasts visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts this has been an exclusive presentation of the arizona cardinals football club